1: Welcome to Missed Apex Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Reddy, but my friends call me spanners, so let's be friends. We're doing something a bit different in our midweek show. Of course, we're an independent podcast produced in the podcasting shed. With the kind permission of our better halves, we aim to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute. We might be wrong, but we're first. And sometimes during the week, we try and bring you random arguments from grumpy middle-aged men. And I think we can achieve that aim today if we just believe and try our hardest. So today, for no reason at all, I've assembled a mega crew to try and find out our ultimate 21st century grid. So we're going to include all drivers from 2000 onwards. Yes, 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 I know technically etc the the century started in 2001, but the 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 loud majority will overrule us. So we're going to go from drivers who raced at any time during 2000 are eligible which means that Pedro Diniz could be on our ultimate grid and also Jano Trulli could be on our ultimate grid. But Damon Hill, whose last race was in 1999, can't make it. So those drivers at their peak season, whenever it was in their career, in whatever car suits them, judging them by how they did during their era of F1. So that's what we're going to do today. And I need to assemble a crew of relatively old people. So it's Matt Doo Rumpets. How's it going, Matt?
0: Reliability equals performance.
1: Are Are we doing engines
0: here? How could I not be? They're meeting on Friday about it.
1: Don't. I'm really I'm triggered about Renault whinging that. Oh, well, we can't build a good enough engine. So you have to help us. Oh, really? So we're going to do that with Aero as well, are we?
0: Again, this is the second time in this century they've had an engine freeze and somehow fallen behind during the freeze and had to ask for permission to catch up. It's fantastic.
1: And Red Bull are fully supporting their efforts to get engine equalization for 2026, which I find massively sus- and I'm sure we'll cover that at some point during the, the a summer. little
0: slip from Viri that says, we owe you
1: one Red Bull. There we go. There we go. Oh, how did this How did this youngster get into this olden days chat? It's uh, Jonathan Simon. What are you doing here, you young pup?
2: Uh, oh, I'm not sure. I think we needed, uh, when you said 21st Century Grid, I'm like, we need to make sure Weber's on there, Ricardo <laughs> and Piastri. So I'm here to do all three. And I brought a friend with me, too, to make sure.
1: And, uh, yeah, it's a bit of an Aussie takeover as we've got our video editor, Steve. Amy, how's it going, Uncle Steve?
3: It's good. Morning, afternoon and evening, folks. All I'm going to say is when it comes to tonight's topic, some of me is right and the rest of you is wrong.
1: Oh, hello. I've already seen your list, Steve, and we definitely have a few scraps coming. Oh, well, I'm up for it. And you're the only person who I think here has watched more F1 pre-2000 than post two thousand.
3: Oh, pretty much, yeah. (laughs) It must be getting about the same now. I mean, I started watching in 78, so that's 22
1: years, and it's been 22 years since 2000, roughly, so about the same. We welcome your sage and experienced input as we decide the ultimate 21st century grid. All right. First things first, guys. We need to argue about how we're going to do this. So uh, I'm going to start with the champions. So I I suggest we start with the champions who've won a title since 2000. And then we go to our kind of midfield nominations. And I think that will fill up a 20 car grid. So we'll go for 20 because uh, that, that looks like we're staying for the moment at 20 in modern F1. And then we'll go for our wild cards. But the further we go down our list the more we have to knock out people who have already entered our top 20. Okay, is there any objection to that format? Of course there is from Matt. Of course there is.
0: Of course I'm going to object. Like, you were thinking about this all wrong. Because oh. I'm imagining <laughs> in my head, you yeah, used yeah. the word best, and you just thought, oh, we want the best drivers.
1: Yes, I did.
0: But that's boring. They're just the best drivers. You need the best contest to be really (laughs) exciting. So I'm going to suggest that every person we pick needs their nemesis attached
1: to them. Yeah, no, that's not a bad shout. So for example, I'll give you one example straight up. Like when I was looking at Montoya, a lot of his like standout races were against Schumacher. And I think that goes in his favor.
0: Right, I was going to use Hamilton and Rosberg, for example, Mm. because Rosberg being the only person I ever saw really get under Hamilton's skin. But that's kind of what I'm thinking.
3: Uncle Steve? Well, I've got a question since you're talking about rules. format, yeah, yeah. Is this supposed to be based in reality, or is this some sort of (laughs) fantasy, you know,
1: grid game that we're playing? Well, looking at your list, a mix of both, Steve. (laughs) (laughs) We we have both... uh,
3: we we both I mean, we, yours has got
1: sorry mate. Yeah no we we and all and it, we all put up our our list in our private show notes here so we've all had a good chuckle at each other's and some arguments have started to brew already.
2: So are we doing? So is 2000 considered part of the century? It is. technically It's not. I know. But we're considering for this 2000 is part of the century just to make it easier.
1: Uh, m- most and- most people think incorrectly that 2000 is part of this century, so we're just going to go with that.
2: Cool. And and then because the thing is now and the reason why 2000 is critical because 01 Mika Hakkinen was, and we'll get into it, a farewell tour. You know, here's a rule we'll put in right now and it's coming from me. No farewell tour drivers. (laughs) So if it's 2001 and they're going on a farewell tour. That is disqualified. So so let me get Hakkinen 2000.
1: Let me me clarify. Any driver who drove in the 21st century is, is eligible even if their best drives were say in 1995. So you can, you can completely have Hakkinen. uh, in fact, The driver who joined latest that you can have is Josh Verstappen. So Josh Verstappen, even though he joined into the 90s, still drove in a year that began with two. And then so you can basically have from from Verstappen to De Vries in new entries. So here's some stats actually about the amount of drivers that have raced in the 21st century. There's 137 drivers to pick from. And just to give it a little bit of perspective... 57 drivers have joined since Lewis Hamilton did. If you're if you're a Lewis Hamilton fan, so that's since 2007 and 69 drivers are eligible for this that joined before Lewis Hamilton. So, from Verstappen to De Vries, let's pick our grid. Okay, so let's start off with uh, the champions. So, I I can I can we just quickly dismiss is there anybody here who would not put Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen on our best 21st century grid. So we don't have to argue about those guys, surely.
2: Well, no, I'm not arguing about that. And surely not any champion on this list. You look at the list and you go, if a champion doesn't make it, and even Jensen Button, who won the championship in 2009, you have to say, lucked into a great car, But he deserves to be on this grid regardless.
1: Okay, so brilliant. Oh, you were so immediately wrong. (laughs) I love this. Our first argument, our first argument. Okay, brilliant. Uh, Uncle Steve, tell Jono why he's wrong.
3: Well, there's at least one champion there that shouldn't make it onto the grid at all, onto the, you know, into the champions list. And that's a particular German who retired last year. Um, I mean... I think he's a, a pretty ordinary driver but he was in a very good car and there was absolutely no other oh, wow. uh, opposition So okay for years Hold- but, and as, as soon as he got you know as soon as the uh, uh when we got to 2014 he died and went
1: nowhere oh man so look matt's got matt's furious at both of you here so for completely different reasons so um if i say order order okay we'll, we'll 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 try and settle this to some kind of reason please respect the chair okay matt you've heard two opinions there you've heard the case for jensen button and against vettel so which one do you want to fight with first
0: um i didn't hear a case for button other than that he drove in the 2000s I, oh, mean, I mean, I <gasps> mean, uh, what car did he win his championship in? The Brawn. Well, yes,
2: he won his in in a Honda. Yeah, in the Brawn O one.
0: But... In the Brawn O one, and is that not the one that he was with Barrichello? Am I correct? That and, is true. And, and if I'm not entirely mistaken, did he just simply not luck into through mechanical ineptitude of the team? an initial championship lead that they just then doubled down on for the rest of the season. I'm pretty sure Barrichello was more yeah. or less beating him like a gong yes. in that car, <laughs> as was most of the rest of the grid. By the end of the season, he just had such a big head start and enough people just yes. points off each other that they couldn't catch him. But in no way. Now, look. You want to make an argument for Button is like a midfielder or a journeyman. You you might have a stronger point, but is wow. a champion? Nah, no, nah. I he, he, I, if I had to pick Vettel or Button, I take Vettel every time. He won four seasons on the jump, and only three oh, okay. three of them were actually most.
1: Okay, hang on. Valid. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to fade the panel down here. Order, order. Right, that's the first time <laughs> I've ever heard Matt get so passionate that you actually clipped out your mic. <laughs> like yelling, yelling into your mic. Here. Oh, sorry about no, that. No, no, no. It's absolutely fine. The the passion there is incredible. So, uh, the the accusation there, Jono, is uh, that Button completely locked into it, didn't actually do particularly well in that season, and then did nothing around uh, that championship in his career to show that he should make the top twenty uh, of the twenty first century. Your response?
2: You're talking about a guy who's won fifteen races this century alone for three different teams and
1: he's not going to make the best
2: 20 drivers of the last 20 23 good, years
1: now. That's a good point,
2: on, That is silly. I mean if you, if you're going to say that, Matt, right? Then you yeah. might as well take Kimi Raikkonen out of it because somehow won't oh, be lucked into a no, 2007 gonna. Ferrari.
0: I, I'm only including Raikkonen for the press conferences, my friend. I actually had <laughs> uh,
1: I actually I had forgotten that that Kimi won uh, the 2007 uh, world championship because <laughs> Because he was nowhere, I he was he nowhere was going in that to. championship. <laughs> um, okay, so at the moment, right, I think right Button is going to be at the bottom of my list. So I've got Definite Hamilton, Verstappen. I think at the moment, Jono, you're on your own. So I'm putting Button in the maybe list, and he might be one of the first ones to to get shuffled off. For example, when I suggest Kobayashi. So uh, let's uh, let's move on then. Sebastian Vettel as a champion, does he make it into the top? Twenty. So Steve's made a a reasonable case that he hasn't. Who's saying yes? Uh, Okay, we'll go for Jono. Jono, make the case for. Since you've already lost one, maybe you can win this one.
2: And look, if we could have a year of Vettel, like a vintage of him, take the 2010 version. That's the funnest Vettel that I I saw personally as a driver, because you had a mix of everything. He was funny. He hadn't won a world title yet. He was still ruthless. Drove around like he was a dick on the racetrack and and pissed off his teammate a little bit too. Had that. And also... At the same time was so dominant in the car and had a lot of mechanical failure still won a championship out of it yes he yeah. had a great car but i think vettel proved that he's one of the best drivers this century don't you dare not put him in your top 20 for the entire century because what uh, do you guys realize there aren't that many good drivers this century <laughs> if you're trying to go for a top 20 he's That's not the
1: he's not for me it's not a no-brainer for vettel and by the way just to point out the australians oh. here keith in our patreon live chat says if you omit Vettel, you definitely can't have Weber. So are you, are you sure, like, you know, are you sure, Steve, are you sure you want to admit, omit Vettel? I, I don't admit Vettel, and when it comes down to it, you may be surprised at my thoughts on Weber too. <laughs> I just assumed blind patriotism.
3: Well, there's a bit of that, but let's try and be
1: <laughs> realistic. Yes, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, it, look, and, and by the way, so a little bit of a spoiler looking ahead, that's exactly how I feel about Coulthard. Like, big Coulthard fan, really supported him at the time, haven't been able to find a universe where he makes my top 20. So I'll be in a similar position. But honestly, with with Vettel, on on a serious note, if anyone's going to defend him, and I think Matt will, he had a four-year period where he looked really incredible against his teammate. But in that period, he was definitely the favoured number one driver. I don't think that's even controversial now. And apart from the odd multi-21 where they tried to to let Webber stay ahead in the... Shanghai in the Chinese Grand Prix, really like Vettel. He, from 2010 onwards, he looked like the better driver. Webber kind of threatened in 2010 and, and had a, a few really good results there. Uh, but he was he was definitely the number two driver. Vettel was favoured. Yes, he he had a win in the 2008 Toro Rosso, but 2009 that could have been a, a Vettel championship. So you have to kind of put that down to well maybe. Maybe another driver would have won that championship. Other drivers would have won 2017. Other drivers would have won 2018. He looked kind of ordinary against Leclerc, and he made Stroll look good. Where is the case that this is one of the best drivers of the, the 21st century? Matt? Uh,
0: you have literally made the case for me. He won all four years at Red Bull.
1: Uh, No. What?
0: No. He won four championships with four, Red Bull. Four out,
1: of four out of five years at Red Bull.
0: Well, I mean, the four championships he won was yeah, with yeah, Red Bull. Yeah, yeah that's and, and, what I was, of yeah, the four championships Red Bull won, he won all four. Of yeah, them. but he also missed. And if you're he, going to, if you, if you're I will going just to say he missed rule, the
1: chance to win a championship at Red Bull as well.
0: If you're going to make that a rule, then how is that any different than Verstappen and Perez right now at Red Bull? Perhaps we should kick Verstappen off because he's <laughs> fighting against Perez and he's won two years with a car that's extremely dominant. Yeah. But the the argument actually to me goes to Ferrari. Because at Ferrari in 2017, he made a closer run of it than anyone we had seen. And the last driver to come that close with Ferrari and not actually win it was Alonso. So if Alonso had taken Ferrari to the edge counts for getting him on the list, we're not to him yet, then I'm going hey. to argue that Vettel in two different teams, even though he didn't quite win with Ferrari, I mean, let's face it Ferrari, if you even get within a mile of the championship, look at Leclerc, for example, you got to admit, that's that. That's not too bad. Plus, I mean, look at him banging wheels of Hamilton in <laughs> the safety car line. How would you not want a driver who drives like that yelling at his teammate over multi twenty one? How is that <laughs> not entertaining? You've got to put him on the grid.
1: Uh, hang on, hang on. Okay, so I, I'll I'll just make the case, Jono, that Vettel, uh, mm-hmm. Verstappen wins the twenty seventeen championship in a Ferrari. Verstappen wins the twenty eighteen championship in a Ferrari.
2: Oh. No, no. I disagree because you're talking about a young, early Verstappen oh, yeah, good point. who's not yeah, no, okay. three years now. <laughs> okay, fair. You know, so so there's that case. But if you have Verstappen now, <laughs> yes, yes yeah, certainly yeah, yeah. he definitely mm-hmm. makes it. A there big was drivers
1: around that would have won that title. That's all I'm saying.
2: Yeah, but to add to to Vettel's point, and what I really like Matt is doing is we're not just considering on track success here. We're considering what's fun off track. What's the intangibles? Oh, he's great. Here. I think Vettel, he's a great guy. Yeah, a, a great team leader. People love to have him in the garage. If you're a mechanic, if you're a team boss, he was great at all those aspects. You talk about a driver who, I mean, you say Leclos had him. Leclerc didn't have him up until after Canada 2019, which was the changing point of Vettel's career. As soon as that penalty happened, he was upset about it. He said he lost passion in the sport. And since then, Leclerc had him. So I think Vettel still had it. Yeah, there were mistakes, retirements in his Ferrari years. By far, I think he's a definite on this grid. If you're not going to include a four-time world champion, regardless of how mm-hmm. quick that car was, you, then you can't include Lewis Hamilton. You can't oh. include Michael Schumacher. <laughs> you can't include oh. okay. okay, we're, we're going to no. spend
1: a lot of time on Vettel. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to create a, a mid category for him at the moment because it's two two. It's two two. But I think my final look. Like, okay, I'll, I'll let Matt come back at this. But my final case will be after those four championships, ordinary against Ricardo. Didn't impress against Leclerc. Obviously, beat up on you know a clear number two at Ferrari when he had the chance. Made Stroll look pretty decent compared to what Alonso's doing now. I know he had those four championships, mate. But come on, like we we know that he has since fallen very short. And that that that's come on. That's got to be something.
0: I'm going to use your rules against you because we get to pick them at their barnstorming best regardless you, of the year. You absolutely barnstorm- genius. Vettel, is Vettel is Genius,
1: absolutely someone no. I want on the grid. He wins. I think, Steve, We've, I think he make, He wins so for back that. To, we're back, back to fantasy land again now, are we? No, Steve. I thought this was supposed no, to be reality. Uh, I, Steve, I think double diffuser, peak Vettel in his era... It's going to have to be on the list. What well am Matt, I, I yield. I yield to that, which makes it three-one. Okay, so on our champions list, I think Michael Schumacher is is a no-brainer simply because he redefined the sport. Was not a Michael Schumacher yep. fan? Think he more than bent the rules. In fact, I'll go out and out and say he cheated <laughs> he at did. every available opportunity. <laughs> I think "bludgeoned" is a great word to use. He, he bludgeoned the rules to death at every opportunity, but he's undoubtedly a, a, an all-time great. Uh, pushed every single boundary of wheel-to-wheel racing, technical knowledge, and and drivability. And the amount of drivers that said he could drive around a problem, Steve, uh, there's, there's no way... That we cannot include him on this list. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree with you. I yeah, was no. not a fan of I was not
3: a fan of his no, at me all. Me neither. Me neither. And I agree with you that he cheated whenever he could, and some of the things he did out on track to other drivers was just despicable. But he did change the the whole nature of Formula One, and he's a force that no one could ch-
1: You know, could uh, stop. So yes, he goes in absolutely. And it was fascinating, wasn't it, to see uh, Schumacher come. Come back later in his career as well, and and I, I'm not entirely convinced that it was age was particularly uh, against him. He was probably every bit as good as a, a driver as he as he was, uh, but he wasn't finding himself in the same competitive machinery. But his biggest oh, no. his biggest problem was that he inspired a whole generation of the sport to say, right, the minimum standard is you've got to be as fit as Schumacher and you've got to race as hard as Schumacher. And so he he started in a sport of you know, seventies and eighties kind of heroes hanging out of the side of the car with a, with a cigarette, and and then when he came back in, he was fighting the monsters he created.
3: Yep, that's exactly right. Um, and he, as you said, he he was in uh, you know an early Mercedes cars, and let's face it, they were absolute garbage until two thousand fourteen. So uh, yeah, he didn't do as well when he came back, but I think that he'd already earned you know enough leeway by then to. Uh, you know, get his spot in the top ten.
2: I was gonna add that he adopted that from Senna, who adopted that from the drivers Mm. before. So they've all learned from each other. And Schumacher, you're right, set the scene for fitness. Here's one problem for Michael Schumacher is as soon as he stepped out of the sport, I think that was his problem coming back. Had he taken a year off and then come back and not, you know, the multiple years that he did, Mm. I think he would have been fine and still would have had the pace. Plus, being a 41, 42-year-old driver in the early 40s, like Fernando Alonso today, is a lot easier to do than 10, 15 years ago, where the, the fitness is different, the technology is all different. Uh, these cars, I think, are a little heavier, and, and I'm not going to say easier to drive, but certainly not as difficult as, as they were, in, in my opinion, 15 <laughs> uh,
1: years ago. Connor Cheney <laughs> says he also bludgeoned Villeneuve, Sidepod, and Damon Hill's. <laughs> Uh, suspension wishbone <laughs> so that that's that's true that is true and look there's a few drivers that that did this so uh, every driver that uh that followed Schumacher had to be you know as physically fit and an athlete as much as Schumacher was I think in the Hamilton era as well there was this kind of like ultimate aggression that that Hamilton came in and surprised everyone with a little bit and then and then Verstappen has taken that to another level so like all this young breed of drivers that have come in in and around Verstappen. They all drive like Verstappen now. And the longer Hamilton and Alonso stay in, for example, I think the more their natural raw aggression will be out-aggressioned by the, the kids coming through. Jono?
2: And it comes with maturity because when Lewis Hamilton came in the sport, from his 07 to 2011 driving style is what you're seeing from Max Verstappen the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Yeah. And as soon as he matured and got older... And you're starting to see that with Verstappen now. Their style changes a little bit. They drive like it's still go-karts, you know, back yeah. in their early years of F1 to these young guys. And eventually they find out, like, that they just get a bit more level-headed with it and understand the consequences and, you know, their heads. But so far it's worked for Max Verstappen and it worked for Lewis Hamilton back then. So I guess they should keep the style, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> okay, so at the moment we have the, our four shoe-ins and button hovering around the edges. And so our next champion to talk about is... Fernando Alonso. I, I actually think this is a another no-brainer. When you compare how Alonso has done to, to teammates, he has always consistently looked fast and he's got some major flaws in his F1 career ability, which uh, number one seems to be drama. He seems to cause drama wherever he goes and that is backfired. His team selection is is also very poor I think all the teams he've driv- he's driven for have won world championships but only Renault have won a world championship with him in it so flaws aside as a, as a pure racer Steve he's, I truly think that Fernando Alonso who I'm not a fan of again falls into that Schumacher category but I think one of the all time greats
3: again you and I are going to agree on this I don't Boring. like Alonso at all <laughs> and I was a big Alonso fan when he first started but I think um, the Renault debacle in, when was that, 2007? Well, oh, no, uh, 20, six.
1: 2008. You're talking about the Singapore one? Yeah, that was yeah, yeah. 2008, I, yeah.
3: I think that, um, that soured him for me. But if you look at his stats and the number of wins and the number of podiums he's had, um, he is a very good racer mm. and he's still racing now and he's still very competitive now, sure. Mm. His car in the last couple of races hasn't been quite up to scratch, but he's also earned enough to go into that top 10 without a doubt and as i said in my notes much to my chagrin i have to let him in
1: <laughs> uh, for for me jono though it's the it's the, the the teammate battles like how many teammates have stood up to uh, fernando alonso really only the statistically greatest f1 driver of all time lewis hamilton
2: that's true and that's what makes Fernando Alonso so entertaining. He could be on this list on intangibles alone. Like he, he doesn't have to be on here for his driving. He is the overall package and I think will be <laughs> the most entertaining driver we're going to have on this list, as far as I can think of it. Yeah, you can say, oh, let's bring in... Kamui Kobayashi with his amazing overtakes and stuff, but he doesn't have all the other no, intangibles that Alonso no. had. He doesn't have mm. the on-track talent. So I think Fernando is, is 100% a lock, but can I request that if we're going to put Fernando on this, can we have the 2010 Ferrari Alonso, which when you watched him <laughs> in the red with his blue and 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 yellow and, and Spanish helmet, mm. going wow! That is the scariest driver team combo I've ever seen in my
1: life. Yeah, actually, I, I think that is probably P. Alonso, Steve, when he he'd come from Renault and then he uh, had all the stuff with Hamilton, then went to Ferrari to be that driver to be the next Schumacher.
3: Sure, and I think the big problem was that Ferrari couldn't live up to that. He he was ready for it, um, and I think that you know slightly different time frame he would have. Uh, been a huge, you know, winner and champion for uh, Ferrari. Um, You know, you're right. He is, you know, perhaps the most entertaining, or Jono's right, perhaps the (laughs) most entertaining driver. He's also the most frustrating driver, I think. Um, He shows so much promise, and his team let him down all the time, and he let himself down a lot of the time. So, you know, he's one of those strange drivers, and he could have done a lot better for himself if he'd just used his... I don't know, his position and his mental attitude to get himself, not make such silly decisions, I suppose I should say, particularly about teams. And that.
0: Well, I know, and I think you're right, perhaps absolute peak Alonso was Ferrari Alonso. He almost won the champion, much like Vettel. He just, if it weren't for Vitaly Petrov, he would have won that championship. Well, actually, it wasn't so much Petrov as it was terrible pit calls from the Ferrari. Oh, gosh, I'm repeating myself. Never mind. But to me, what sticks out from his early career, and that really, I think, you're like, okay, here's a driver that we have to include, is his overtake around the outside of 130R on Schumacher. Yeah. On those yeah. treaded tires, that was, it was just like, you're just like, who would even try that? And and my only other note, and it's really a tiny one there, Spanners, is he's actually had two teammates to run him close. Hamilton.
1: And oh, my God. I knew you were going to do that. I was like, surely Matt's not going to ruin oh, this by goodness. mentioning
0: Ocon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, oh, just I from a, again, from a statistical point of view, I'm not wrong
1: here. OK, well. it's the
3: only it's the only mention Ocon will get in this program. Okay, so have
1: it. <laughs> oh, Steve, you're brutal. This is why yes. I love having Aussies on you, you guys like you don't care at all. Like, What's it like in Australia when you're all like that all the time?
2: It's the only Esteban that'll get mentioned in this podcast too. You could rule out all the Estebans from the 21st century. <laughs>
0: ten- Actually, I have another Esteban. Yeah, I'm going to be fighting hard for <laughs> hard
1: for Gutierrez. I'll be, I'll be fighting. Good. Anyway, boring. I think we all agree with Alonso. Okay, yeah. so I did not imagine I would be going to bat for this driver when we we started this segment. But the more and more I thought about it, the more I want to include Nico Rosberg. In our top twenty, are you, who's going to disagree with me? Because Matt's actually agreeing. I can't believe it. Um, I, I no, think, no, 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 no. So if, so
2: if you can't, if you can't include Buttons, sorry, Spanners, you're going to have to put Rosberg in the maybe list. It's, it's you are got to have either one or the other. I, I, can, I,
1: I don't, I don't mind him going on the the maybe list, like if there's room. But the case I want to make is is remembering back to how he hit the scene in 2006. So I think he did. He entered before. Hamilton and I think his first team was was Williams but I do remember people were genuinely talking about him as a phenomenon like he was his, his whole trajectory to F1 was he was meant to be the, you know the next big thing he was meant to basically be what we've got with Verstappen now and Hamilton completely ruined it and and you can see Hamilton shadowed his karting and they were good friends but Hamilton was obviously just that little cut above and then when they got to Mercedes together Hamilton was already a world champion, which gave him an advantage within the team. He was, quote-unquote, given that podium. I think it was at Sepang? Was, I think it yeah, was at Malaysia. Sepang. Yeah, Malaysian Grand Prix, where Rosberg had the tyres at the end of the race and was all over him. But Hamilton was defending really hard, and they had to come on the team radio and say, Rosberg, you know, hold position, stop fighting. And even Hamilton felt super guilty about that. And, and look, 2015-2016, I genuinely think Hamilton had fully had the measure of Rosberg he'd set up for the race his race pace and his tire management especially in stint 1 he had the measure of rosberg completely and in 2016 rosberg was lucky so i agree with you jono that the rosberg 2016 kind of equals the button 2009 but 2014 2014 rosberg was every bit on pace was every bit as fast as lewis hamilton and and for, for but for a twist of fate But for gearbox selection in Double Points Abu Dhabi in 2014, Rosberg would have had that title. So that's why I want Rosberg on my grid, Jono.
2: He's probably the most fun driver we could have argued out of all these drivers so far right now as to whether he's a definite (laughs) or maybe. With Rosberg, he kind of... The credit to him is he won those nine races in a row, end of 2015, start of 2016, beat a Lewis Hamilton in 2016. And people can argue this, but I remember at 2016 saying this, this was the best we'd ever seen Lewis Hamilton drive an F1 yeah. car. And he still beat him that season. <sighs> yeah. I think there's no question Nick Rosberg severely underrated, okay. was was on fire in his early years beat yeah. michael schumacher uh the dude i don't know a maybe is almost an insult i would like i
1: would have liked rosberg to now looking back because obviously i'm a hamilton fan but now i would have preferred rosberg won 2014 than 2016 i think the record books would look more correct that way round. put it that way matt
0: yeah well i have multiple reasons to include rosberg number one my theory of the nemesis if you're going to have Hamilton on the grid, <gasps> you need the one person yes. who drives him absolutely nuts and can get under his skin and mess with him. And that's very clearly Nico Rosberg. Number two, like uh, my friend Jono, I love you casually mentioned, oh, yeah, he beat Schumacher, a multiple world champion, quite thoroughly. Granted, it was Schumacher <laughs> coming back to the court, coming back to the chase after having been off. But he, he clearly, clearly beat him in that mercedes and had had nikki lauda not talked hamilton into joining mercedes in that hotel room which sounds a bit dodgy but whatever yeah 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 then 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 we could be talking about how many championships in a row rosberg had won instead because uh russell has beat hamilton to a championship no he hasn't had a chance that's fair did botas ever beat him to a championship not even close that's what i'm saying
2: and this is what's fun about this. Let's say this is like a fantasy grid that we have to watch. Like, it's a TV <laughs> show tonight, and we're like, yeah. we just want to watch one F1 race yes, with the 20 yes. best drivers from this century. Yes, I, want. I want Nico Rosberg on the grid, I and I want yeah. him pissing off all the drivers who have won a championship <laughs> and annoying them bit by bit every lap of the okay. race. That's can what I want to say.
1: Can I just say that this is my most like begrudging one of like drivers I was definitely not a fan of at the time and then having to begrudgingly put them on our grid. This is absolutely the the most gut-wrenching one for me. So I think uh, we've made the case for Rosberg. And we still have a couple of champions from this century left. Uh, so we have Kimi Raikkonen, who was the 2007 oh. champion, who I actually forgot to put on the list because 2007 was not about Kimi Raikkonen at all. It was all about... Hamilton versus Alonso. That was what the whole world was watching. And then and kind of snuck in because McLaren just did some crazy, crazy stuff. So, yes, there's rumours that because of Spygate and all that such a thing, they they were told not to win the title. I, I don't really buy into any, any of that. But Hamilton could have been world champion except for being inexplicably left out on... Uh, on wearing tires. Canvas.
0: Canvas. Yeah, the, there geez. wasn't even tread left on that tire but, but, when he yeah, came into
1: the pit. But, but everyone on the sofas was like screaming at the TV saying, like, how are you leaving him out on those tires? And then when he eventually tried to pit, he he couldn't even get into the pit lane and he went into the gravel and that ended up, you know, uh, and then that and then a gearbox failure, was it, in Interlagos handed uh, Kimi Raikkonen the title. So look, Kimi Raikkonen is a world champion. That was a funny one. Can we really point to the rest of his career and say, you know, he 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 should be on this top 20 of, of this century? gone, Steve. He,
3: well, he was no doubt a very, very good driver. Yes, he only won one world championship. Button only won one in that period. Um, and I think up until he retired and went away and went rally driving, I think that he was probably one of the very best drivers on the grid. I think going to – I think he lost, you know – his love of the sport and went away rally driving. Mm. And even when he came back, he came back for the money, not for the, you know, (laughs) the uh, love of the sport. So up until when he went away rally driving, yes, I think that he did everything to, um, you know, get a place on this top 20. What he did after when he came back and drove, I I think was um, a little bit iffy. I don't think that he was, you know, really had his heart and soul into it. Although he had plenty of podiums in the period, you know, beforehand and he had a few after. But he only had one win, I think, after he came back.
1: Mm. To me, I know he's a bit of a hero for his, like, his quips. But I think, Steve, you've detailed the fact that he didn't definitely want to be there. So the definition of, like, do you love your job is if I gave you infinite money, would you still do it? So you give me (laughs) infinite money... I'm still here yelling at Australians about F1 champions. Like that is still what I would do. I don't think Kimi Raikkonen necessarily falls into that category, and that that kind of always sort of yeah because because it, it, and it's jealousy because like you're literally living all our boyhood dreams, and you kind of like nah, I don't care so much. Uh, but I but Matt, once again, you're right. We're talking peak Raikkonen. Does he make this grid?
0: Well, I mean, uh, that's a tough one. If you ask me about Raikkonen, I would pick him more for the press conferences and the (laughs) off-track entertainment. And frankly, if we're talking Finns, I would take Hakkonen over Raikkonen. Well, that's the next one. We've not gotten to him yet.
1: Okay, Raikkonen's a firm. I think he's on our maybe list and he's behind Button and Rosberg in, in my mind.
0: The thing he does have is being, I think, is he possibly the oldest driver to have ever won a Formula One race in the modern era, in this century? Because didn't he, really? or, or was it just that he beat Vettel? I can't remember. Was it, he did something at Circuit are you talking of the about, Americas. Are you
2: talking about Austin, yeah, or podium.
0: In maybe it was a podium. I'm not no, sure. No, he but... won.
2: He won the race.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm not. Okay. I'm not wrong. I think he's the oldest driver to win something this century.
3: I think that was the only race he won after he came back.
0: Yeah. Was that okay? But anyway, so I mean, just well, for the from... old people, maybe yeah. you put him in
1: there. <laughs> All right, one for the old people. Uh, okay, so I think well, I think we know where <laughs> happening is uh but okay so so we know where Kimmy is sorry uh Mika Hakkinen uh, for me was a uh, an I, I think still i can define him as a as a childhood hero and um his time in the silver arrows up against Coulthard who i rated at the time Steve i i i i, I think it's another shoe in for me i think Hakkinen uh, is is one of the the all-time sports greats if not a little bit of a stunted career
3: yeah, I'm a big and fan and was when he was racing and he gets uh, a vote from me. Even though both his championships were pre-2000, he was still racing. You know, he raced 2001, yeah, yeah, that counts. I think, was well, his okay, last yeah. year. Um. So, yeah, uh, he was a great racer. Uh, he beat lots of other good drivers. Um. Admittedly, he was in a good car in those days. The, the You know, yeah, they were yeah. half-decent cars. Um. But he had the right mental attitude. Uh, he had the right skill base, uh, and I don't think there were many other drivers at that time that could that that, that phased him. Yeah, Shoemaker came along a little at you know at the end of his reign and um, took over from him. Uh, and the races I remember between those two in you know two thousand yeah. two thousand and one
1: were quite epic races. You know, there was they
3: were giving each other plenty
1: of stick. <laughs> and also, like okay, I don't know if anyone's ever made this comparison, but. Um, Hakkinen and Leclerc, kind. There's there's something about their attitudes to themselves and their like internal psychology that I remember. Like Hakkinen being really really self critical. So there was the famous one, like after he'd won his world championship, like he took himself into the woods to like berate himself, and there was like a, a helicopter cam, you know, showing him like punching the ground. And I saw an interview where he just said, you know, he was he was just telling himself off, like you're a world champion. How are you still? How are you still making these mistakes? You know, very much beating himself up like like Leclerc, and uh, so I don't know, Jono. Uh, maybe I'm letting my my heart and my my fandom of him like overtake raw stats.
2: But heart is what matters in F1, and you want a driver on the grid who you feel this way about. You 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 a driver people root for. When you saw Mika Hakkinen crash at Monza, for example, in whatever I think it was early 2000s and the late 90s, and him crying in 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 the that's bushes. the one I'm talking that's about. Was that Monza? Was it?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah and, and that's what you want to see, you know, because for me, it's if, like I said, if this is a TV show tonight and I'm flicking on, you know, Netflix and I go, All right, I want to watch an F1 race with my fantasy grid. I want Mika Hakkinen on the grid, a driver who can take it to people on the track, emotional off the track. Um, Well, actually, that's a little ironic because he didn't say much either. <laughs> but
1: uh, it, for, it, for a Finn, dog, for a Finn, he says an awful lot. For, <laughs> yeah.
2: For a Finn. And he's a very smart guy, too. Now, here's the funny part about it. Um. There's still a chance he could return to the F1 grid because he still hasn't retired. <laughs> yeah, he still officially. hasn't yeah, yeah, officially yeah. announced that's that. True, that's true. So I'm yeah. hoping he comes
3: back sometime soon. Okay. And we'll be on. You've got to give Hackenham one thing. You've got to remember, when was it? 97 in Melbourne? He crashed badly and had. they thought that would be the end of his career. He had fairly nasty uh, head injuries, if I remember right. And for someone to come back from that and win two world championships pretty well straight after it, that takes a you know mm-hmm. huge amount of cojones to do that and, and dedication. And so he gets it for that for me.
1: And I think we're being corrected on Raikkonen that he had won races in the Lotus and didn't he win Abu yeah. Dhabi in the Lotus?
2: What, we, what Matt meant, I think, oh, did was he? Okay. In, in the turbo hybrids, I think he meant like he was because the Lotus wins will well, win the V8 era. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I just meant meant that that his last, my last memory of him winning was in that Ferrari at at Circuit of the Americas. And I think that made him the oldest driver to have won in this century.
1: All right. Well, we are now moving past the champions as we decide our best grid of the 21st century. (sighs) All right, let's get into our non-champion uh, nominations. Then, who fancies who fancies going for it? Oh, did um. Oh, we forgot one champion. Oh my goodness! Yeah, Well Go on. We forgot Jack Villeneuve, <laughs>
2: oh, who no. technically raised. And here's why. And yes. and Spanish, you know what? We're not to blame for this. His his 21st century drives were not of a world champion. He was checked out of F1. Right. But he technically did win that 97 title, and if he did race in the 21st century,
1: under our rules, yes. to remind our listeners, yes, 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 we yes, are yes.
2: allowed to put him on the grid.
1: No, and, 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 I, and I'm glad you said that because I was always a fan of Jack Villeneuve because he was a disruptor, really, and I was young and stupid, and he was also young and stupid at the time. And he came <laughs> in, you know, he's like, oh my goodness, he's dyed his hair slightly. How how can this be? You know, that's not very gentlemanly at all. But it, it did feel like he came in, you know, as a little bit of a, a disruptor, a little bit of something different. And probably, you know, one of the one of the personalities of his time, I'm not actually convinced that we can put him in on raw, like him at his best compared to his peers. Is he going to make the top 20? of the of the 21st century so any anyone want to make the case for him or or is this another a maybe uh, the only amazing.
0: case to be made for him is sheer entertainment
1: there we go so, so <laughs> and most of that was after he left f1 yes oh, He's got my a motor, goodness. motor mouth and knows how to use it my <laughs> goodness does he have opinions I uh, like how 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 doesn't he not have a podcast because a podcast is essentially you know when a when a middle-aged white man loves his opinions very, very much, a podcast is born. So how on earth does Jack Vilnov not have one? We should reach out. Maybe he'll come and speak yeah, you've to you. have got us to him. have a
3: distributor who'll put up with him though.
1: <laughs> he seems to be everywhere. If Jack Villeneuve farts, it is on like, you know, uh, motorsport.italia, isn't it? So anyway, right, okay, we'll put Villeneuve on our on our maybe, and I, I've got a feeling he'll be our first champion to get knocked off the list. Okay, so who would like to suggest some midfield drivers? Hands up Matt had his hands up first. You were too slow, John. Go on, Matt. Uh, Give us a non-champion to add.
0: And I knew I had to do this now, or else it would never happen. But I'm going to suggest...
1: Don't do it. ...Joss
0: Verstappen
1: oh if there's one person
0: that's... who could get into max's God, head great. and really mess with him <laughs> no. it's gotta be his dad think okay, about that. Okay, okay. think about man. how genius that is okay. And oh. not to mention when he was at his peak in the 90s was he not paired with schumacher like he had that same kind of he had that same kind of mentality to go for it at all times that we saw young max have i'm just saying yeah, he he his had entertainment no on the grid
1: order 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 order. let's try and keep the cross talk to a minimum passions are running high so to defend matt he was making a a little bit of a joke about the psychology of the father-son relationship Uh, but he was a well-regarded driver by other f1 drivers i think if you talk to other drivers of that time steve they would rate him very highly well they're silly aren't they (laughs) okay there we go
0: ready to pop the question for JD Power 2023 award information visit jdpower.com/awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com
2: if if you and this is important because if you if you want an entertaining grid we've never seen father and son on the same grid in f1 we've seen it in other sports we've seen you know brundle pair with his son in in le Mans and different stuff but mm. that would be fun and i think you should pair him as teammates <laughs> and i think you should give all the upgrades to yos and see if and max would probably still beat him but it's like kind of just to stir up max a little bit and then you get a really entertaining max out of it uh not a bad uh not a bad suggestion mm. but that's just an insult to what was it Jensen Ross he's, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. we well. <laughs> he's not making the list said were maybes as well
1: he's not making the list. oh by the way, speaking of being inferior to your teammate, I've just found out that they, uh, that I'm going to be guest uh, guest appearing in a new karting series and, and guess who my teammate's going to be and imagine like the worst possible person you know who would who would be your karting teammate.
0: Uh, Lucas Degrassi,
1: Brad Philpot is going to be my yeah, teammate, so I'm, I'm going to. Okay. That's Philpott. that's almost as bad. I'm yes. going to look so awful against him. We're going to have exactly the same equipment in an overdrive in an owner driver series. Uh, you will get to see quite a lot of footage of this as well. So we'll make sure that gets to you. That's going to be a little bit later in the season. Um, so I will know full well what it's like to be uh, the likes of Brundle and Verstappen. (laughs) Just slip him a Mickey Finn before the race starts. There's nothing that will stop him winning. I I am going to have to stick a knife in his tyres. Anyway, uh, right, so who was your suggestion, Jono, for your non-champ?
2: One of my favourite drivers growing up, Juan Pablo Montoya, and there's no question, I want the Montoya who is still fresh into F1 and still had a little bit of a dusting of the politics that's annoyed him, but still got the, the grit, and the passion to to want to race an F1. Give me an 0-2 Juan Pablo over anyone else. And people in the Slack chat were saying, you know what? With this driver, you get these entertaining radio messages. You get that with Montoya. You get great <laughs> on-track action. A fast driver sticks up for himself. Hey, if you want enforcers, I think he's almost better than Nico Rosberg at enforcing.
1: Explain the term enforcer, because that's a common term in things like ice hockey. Yes.
2: So Enforcer is basically a driver on the racetrack who's going to give it to other people, you know, who's going to be sort of a bully or a bruiser or somebody who can who can take it to the to the world championship drivers that we picked. If we want to watch a, a great fantasy 21st century grid, we want somebody who's going to make it entertaining and, and we don't want somebody to drive off into the distance mm. and dominate races. We want to see wheel-to-wheel competition. We want to see press conference drama, uh, drivers who are funny in the paddock. Um, he had a mix of everything, you know. He was yeah. really blunt and I, and I loved it. One of the best drivers ever oh, okay. in, in the sport.
1: Well, we'll go to Matt next, <laughs> but I think like the two the two <laughs> right. standouts because he's right O, is like if you look at a highlights reel of montoya it is him crashing into top drivers so like you you, you know there's been there was quite a few clashes with with schumacher and uh, but then in in the in the against camp he didn't actually look that good against ralph schumacher all the time so where do you stand Matt?
0: Well, I got to say, I do find Montoya to be a highly entertaining driver to watch. He was very quick. He's very talented. But my personal plea would be, can we have the Montoya that drives into the jet dryer, please? Because, oh, my, that was so much fun. (laughs) Explain. Ah, uh, he was doing. Was it a NASCAR race? Oh, and they, uh, they Ind- have IndyCar. these. They it, it, IndyCar, mean? and they have these jet riders. Big, huge. They come out, and they basically have a jet engine. And they're full of jet fuel, and they use them to dry the track because you know they believe in technology oh, and no. IndyCar and NASCAR, unlike certain other sports I can mention right now. And he just, I don't know, got distracted on the radio or whatever, drove right in the back of it. and Oh, this no. Massive fireball. It was the coolest thing ever because nobody really <laughs> got hurt.
1: Okay. At the moment, I think, Steve, you might have to be a bit of a, a decider on where we put Montoya. Uh,
3: I mean, Mon- Montoya should go in as far as I'm concerned Ooh, for the, okay. all the reasons right, you. that you've said. And I, I always thought that he was... Someone who gave it, you know, 10 out of 10 every time he got into a car and went to it. Yes, he crashed into a few other people along the way, but a that few. was only because he was trying mm. to, you know, wring everything out of it. Um, again, I think he got fed up with the organization of F1 and that's what made him leave and go to America. And he yeah. did fairly well for quite a few years in America. It's not because he wasn't a good driver. I think he just got the screaming ab-dabs with the way the sport was run. And, and some people are arguing that if you're going to take Montoya,
2: you have to take Ralph Schumacher. Can we not do that oh. rule, please? I don't want Ralph Schumacher on the screen. I want <laughs> one either. Schumacher and Max, and that's going to be Michael. I'm sorry to say, but yes, Ralph could take it to Juan Pablo, but who's the most entertaining of the two? There's no
3: question about it, Juan oh, Pablo i mean, Montoya. Uh, I'm sure, but if you look at the results... Uh, Ralph has the results. If you look at the number of podiums, and you've got to look at these results to try and figure out who is actually you know, going to make the list, Ralph has the numbers you know and
1: Montoya doesn't. Do you know what? Do you know what? That, that is a really good point. So for me, Montoya was in until until that. So for me, Ralph Schumacher takes Montoya out of the, the definites at the top and puts him down below Villeneuve. Because I'm not having Ralph Schumacher in there. Ralph Schumacher does not make the top... <laughs> 20 drivers of the 21st century it just doesn't everyone happen. ruined it yeah everyone did ruin about it yeah
0: more it's the entertainment nah, there is, no sorry nah, this is montoya isn't... the reason people the reason jano doesn't want schumacher in is because montoya was an entertaining driver to watch schumacher might have gotten results and yeah that's fine if i'm <laughs> running a team and i'm a team principal but he was not that same kind of entertaining to watch
2: Quick and, one. and here's the thing, right? Montoya is, is I oh, will, fair to say, he's one of my favorite drivers growing up yeah. as a kid. I would flick on races that I would never watch before just to watch Juan Pablo Montoya. Agreed. I would flick on NASCAR. I'd watch IndyCar in 2014 when he joined in 2014 just to watch Juan Pablo. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. the effect he has on people.
1: Yeah, but at the moment he is sitting... He's sitting. Uh, he's the driver at risk. I would say at the moment because he's probably sitting eleventh. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Steve, do you want to nominate a, a a non-champion?
3: Well, it's got to happen at some stage, um, and I've got a toss up here of. Two, uh, well, no, I'd have to be put in pre-accident Kibitza first.
1: Okay, I think, I think that, you're gonna uh, you're gonna get a lot of support. Fine here. driver before that. You're gonna get a lot of support because because. Uh, you have to completely disregard the the, the comeback, which I feel was mm. in ill-advised and was never yes, really going to go anywhere. But I think what what was underestimated Stella, before, that's <laughs> Uh what was underestimated with his comeback was the amount of, of Polish support he had. Like um, obviously, there's a, there was a lot of Polish people in the the mid two thousands that came to to the UK to work, and if you speak to any of them, man, they were gunning for for Robert Kubica. And um, so he did he, that support probably is what, what got him into what probably shouldn't have been a comeback. But but pre-accident, if you look back at I think it's the 2008 season, isn't it? Where you really see what he did in a midfield car.
2: Not only that, Spanners, but in 2010 and in the Renault, he was, in yeah, my opinion, oh, yeah, more yeah. impressive than 2008. He won a race in 2008. You're right. Like that was where <laughs> yeah. he was sort of had the most. I had the best car to win a race, but his drives in that Renault in 2010. The rumors came out that I, I'm, I think he was Matt, if I'm not mistaken, was set up for a Ferrari drive potentially oh, in the future. No. That, right? was, yeah. that was that all was all the it. talk. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the thing, like, just to to put the finishing touch on this, one, the man had spectacular crashes, even in Formula One. Everybody remembers oh, Canada, yeah, right? Canada, yeah. Unbelievable. Right. On top of it. I legitimately, you can go find clips of Lewis Hamilton talking about the fact that he thought yeah. Kubica was going to be yeah. a world champion. So uh, to me, this is this is probably one of the easiest non-champion picks of the 21st century we could
1: make. All right. Yeah, he, he's, he, in. he's definitely in. Got to be. Yep. Okay, he's in. I like it. Okay, so I'm going to make a nomination here, and I don't think I'm going to find uh, so much support. And I'm not really sure why I feel so... Strongly about it. I think it's going to be very specifically because I'm 43, but Jean Lacy was one of my very favorites, and I really enjoyed him. Uh, you know, driving around in uh, wow. his Ferrari, and so many times like that, Ferrari was just a tank that him and Gerhard Berger were driving around in. It was. It, it looked like the most understeering car in the world at times. I think it was a good deal heavier than a lot of the other cars. the The engine would explode spectacularly, so that was always good and. He will be a driver here. He's a Grand Prix winner. Okay, so if we're looking at any of the names on here that aren't a Grand Prix winner, I'm going to nominate a lazy above it. But he came to life in the rain. He came to life in different strategic situations. And I'm struggling to, like, think of too many examples because I was about, whatever, 12, 13.
3: But but if this is about entertaining, you've just chosen one of the most
1: boring drivers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to talk to maybe, and but thing is, he have you seen how he, now he looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger? He looks no, like an. Arnie. I'm
3: talking about racing, I mean,
1: <laughs> God, he was boring in the car uh, and out of it. Okay, but in the rain, the odd lazy drive in the rain, he was a proper one of those that came to life.
0: Mm,
3: well, perhaps for how
1: many rain races did we have during that period? <laughs> well, there wasn't many races <laughs> altogether. But go on then, Matt, you shoot me down as well. No, I'm not going to shoot you down. I'm just going to say,
0: oh, if we're going to talk about Grand Prix winners who have done well in the wet, then you're bringing up Alcon again. As far as I'm
1: concerned, <laughs> you're going to keep doing it. All right, you're going to. I am going to keep. It. Doing you're going to, to ruin the he, show.
0: He's he's my pick for the person to drive Alonso absolutely bats. No, because right. he 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 did that. You have to admit. Alonso completely lost his mind.
1: Order, 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 order. We are talking about Jean Alesi in the 90s. I know. Sorry,
0: I just had to make that little point.
1: Jean Alesi and Gerhard Berger were stalwarts of their era, though. They were the proper—and they weren't even journeymen. They were just solid drivers, I think, in a time where, you know, there wasn't uh, the top 10 scoring points. There wasn't really random results. And if you didn't win the, you know, the Panis race in Monaco— Maybe you didn't get a real opportunity to kind of regularly kind of pop up there. I just, you know, for overall, his career, I think he carved out a great career. I, I still, I just think he's one of the the best drivers in F1.
0: Oh,
2: can we end <laughs> the John the Lacey chat, please? Okay. Well, I, wanted,
0: I wanted to bring he's up out. Berger. Am I wrong in thinking that Berger was not the best prankster for Formula One has ever seen? Or was that somebody else? I'm well, no, it's, it's Berger. It's either
1: yeah. Berger
2: or Barrichello. One of the two, yeah.
1: So uh, wins. Ryan Heslin says, Alessi was great in the Tyrrell, after that far too inconsistent. But Matt, did we not say at his peak? So cannot that be individual races? Okay, fine.
3: Are we going back to what
1: 1926 or something. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, okay. But I was <laughs> just—you're getting hammered by Steve.
1: Okay, I—I I knew that wasn't going to make it. I just happened. Do you know what? the random people that you're fans of at various eras that you wouldn't, you know, defend now? Like Ricardo Pracy, Jean Alesi, you know, two of my favorite '90s drivers. All right, then, Matt, nominate a driver for me.
0: Um, well, I was actually. Uh, Kubica was my one very very serious. But if I'm going with my theory of you need to nominate the the nemesis of Alonso, I would I would make a genuine argument for Akon based on the following four data points. I you you can be angry with me if you want.
1: I am angry with you. This is my He's I'm not, not a race. Hang on, I'm not disappointed. I'm angry.
0: And you have to admit <laughs> from his time with Perez and his time with Alonso, With the right teammate, he's very, very, very entertaining. So I'm making this more on an entertainment angle, but he does have some results to back it up.
1: Okay, well, let's see if anyone agrees with you. So I would say, like, I'm not nominating any of those people, apart from Alonso, that he had those run-ins with. So, like, Perez is firmly in the journeyman camp, and I am a big Perez fan, but he's not making the top 20 of the 21st century and, and to my mind, neither is is, is Ocon, neither is Hulkenberg, neither is Magnussen, neither is Grosjean. I think Ocon is firmly in that bracket. Uh, Jono, can you support Matt?
2: No, I can't. He's wasted everyone's take, time. Mm. Yeah. If I'm going to take a young driver from the last, you know, five years basically around that range, I'm going to take Norris, Leclerc. Well, that's it. I'm going to take those two over yeah. Ocon. And by the time we end this list, there's not going to be room for Esteban Ocon. If he's a reserve driver on the best 20, uh, 21st century list,
1: maybe we do take him. Mm.
2: So maybe we now create a reserve driver's list <laughs> okay. and then have him
1: in the. Maybe, in the maybe, oh, maybe. maybe
2: he does make it.
1: So what I will say, Matt, is that you made a better case for Ocon than I did for Lacey, but I think we're both uh, losers here. Uh, Jono, really? well, whilst you mentioned that. Oh, go on. Sorry, Steve. Yeah.
3: I was going to say, if you're going to put Ocon in there, well, then Ricardo's our next person we've got to talk about
1: he's won more
3: races got more podiums
1: i will say look yeah he's a race winner a multiple race winner he set the world on light somewhat and and became a superstar in formula one and then and then quickly fizzled and he is one of the most likable one of the most marketable one of the funniest like coolest like when you talk about like the james hunts of the of the world like the full-on glamour F1 drivers. Ricardo is up there. He's almost quintessentially an iconic F1 driver. But let's talk about it now. Does Ricardo get anywhere near this top 20? Mm, I think he does. Go on, really, Steve? Okay, I'm going to argue. I'm going to be against, but make the case.
3: Oh, well, he's won enough races and had enough podiums. And if we're going to throw in the entertainment value, he is (laughs) the most entertaining driver we've had on the grid for the last seven or eight years, without a doubt. Um, I think the last four years, he's two years at uh, Renault, Renault or yeah. Alpine, whichever you want to well, call at it. Well, at Renault, he looked, at at Renault he looked fine. At Renault he looked fine. I think he yeah. will, but you know, history will show that uh, the, the bad period in his driving, in, in his career, wasn't necessarily his fault if you know what i mean i think that uh, he, he didn't like the the team very much the team didn't support him very well and the car was a particular dog to drive and yes lando fi- had figured out how to drive it slightly better um lando's only ever driven one car let's put lando in another make of car and see how mm. he goes i
1: reckon he'll fall flat Thank in his you. face <laughs> Jono. <laughs>
3: Ricardo oh, has now driven three different sorts of cars. He's now jumped back into up uh, jumped back into the Alpha Tauri, Toro Rosso, whatever you want to call it, and he did a fairly good job last weekend. I think that uh he's he back on the way bit. up. i, th- I think oh, sure I he did know, first time yeah. out. Yeah. Jono. First time out. I'd think I think that he is you know perhaps not in the top 10, but I think he's in the um the bottom 10.
1: Jono.
2: <laughs> so we have we, we've got 13 drivers at the moment. Ricardo is no question going to make this list because Ooh. if you're going to okay, take Ricardo, okay. then you've got Leclerc Norris, you've got George Russell. I'm probably forgetting names. We've still got a lot of midfield names to cover here. So your, your grid's almost full. The reason Ricardo makes it is because everyone has this recency bias over his McLaren years where if you look back on it in 20 years time, you're going to realize it was the car and the team that didn't suit Danny Rick. And there's no question why he's jumped into an AlphaTauri and shown he's still got it. Yes. Yuki had a long pit stop and all that. We won't go into the race review, which was our last podcast, which you can still listen to, but he still got it and he's always had it. And to me, it's, he's a driver who could take it to a four-time world champion who forced him out of Red Bull. That's how good Daniel Ricciardo was. Jumped into a new era of car and essentially single-handedly forced Vettel out of the team through his performances. Matched it with a, a young Max Verstappen, who's by far one of the greatest drivers ever to don our sport. And he still only won two championships. He's going to be three soon. So... He's gonna to have to go in the maybe pile because you guys, and I'm gonna blame all three of you, had to unfortunately put Button, Rosberg, and all these know, great drivers in our maybe pile, but Ricardo's gonna eventually
1: make the list. So I've I've put Ricardo above Kimmy, but below Rosberg and Button. That's where I'm putting them at the minute. Matt.
0: Uh, well, I would put Rosberg above Ricardo, but Ricardo above the rest for the very simple reasons that Jono enumerates. I mean, he he basically chased Vettel out. He ran Verstappen to a draw. He barely beat Ocon when Ocon came back after a year. I mean, you know, it's quite the record he's compiled.
2: Can I, can I just quickly add, uh, our listeners can't see the list we have at the moment, but Spanners has Montoya last. Can I just request him to be put in the definites, if you don't mind?
1: Uh, just no, because of Schumacher. So I think he's still a maybe. I think uh, the, the Ralph Schumacher argument oh, kind of ruined it. Oh, in case you it. get him. Yes. It, yeah, okay. it ruined it. Like If people are saying, like, we have to include Schumacher if Montoya goes in. Okay, uh, Steve, do you want to suggest a driver for us?
3: well I'm probably going to be shot down for being too oh, partisan good. here,
1: but but Weber's gotta come oh, into it somewhere I'm just because so I'm Australian so and Look, hey Steve, yeah. we we've all taken a turn at being completely wrong, so it, it is your turn. So okay, <laughs> well, so Steve. Let, if if yeah, you actually
3: ahead. if you actually look at the numbers, he's won one more race than Ricardo and won a bucket load more podiums than Ricardo, but I think when it comes down to pure racing aggression and whatever, I think Ricardo has it above Webber, but still Webber's won a yep.
1: damn lot of races and got 42 podiums. That's not bad. So I don't think Webber should be in here, but in to, to to have this conversation with you, when he came in, wasn't he relatively old when he came into F one, even compared to his his peers? And he didn't he come in with he, min- he was
3: twenty three or twenty two oh, okay, or twenty three.
1: Okay. So, so like he came that. in with Minardi, and I think, and he yep. scored that. Didn't he still score a point when it was top six? No.
3: It was
2: no, you're right. Yeah. Like, he was twenty six He was a twenty six year old rookie. Ah, there we go. Like, yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah, Damon yeah, yeah, Hill's, you know, seventy year old rookie. But at the
1: time, was that was old, old. And then, and he scored yeah. that point with Minardi, I think a fifth, a fifth place. Yeah.
3: So he got a fifth place.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think like he did enough. Like, and then he he was with Jaguar, wasn't he? At, at one point, mm. and then when Jaguar became Red Bull, he kind of they kind of inherited him a little bit, yep. but. For for that ultimate kind of dream story of someone coming in with just a sniff of a chance, doing just enough at the right time to put yourself in the right place at the right time, the Mark Webber story is a good story. Like that's a movie. I think Mark Webber's career is a movie. Matt.
0: Okay. Well, um, I hate to disappoint all of you, but the only hey, I'm, I'm reason, into- the only reason Webber isn't a world champion right now, is because. Red Bull played Pirelli to change the tire specification. Those wobbly sidewall tires that ruined their diffuser. Weber was beating the pants off of Vettel. And there was no way Vettel could drive it as well as Weber did. It was weird. Like, I remember seeing this. And this was before I was, like, really into the technical side of it. But I was like, wow, man, those tires. And then Silverstone happened. And they went back to the old tires. And suddenly Vettel wins everything again. I just, I'm saying right now. Not bad for a number two driver. Plus, he's entertaining. I want him on the grid.
1: Ooh. all right. That's here's, two. Here's
2: I'm surprised define...
1: that there's two. Okay, go on.
2: I'm going to end this discussion right now through these next two points. <laughs> oh, number gosh. one is, uh, let's be for real, Sebastian Vettel had you know what felt like 50,000 mechanical retirements in 2010, regardless of what Mark Webber does in the Bridgestone era was never going to beat Sebastian Vettel on the racetrack, and he never did for a reason Um, in terms of world championship is what I'm talking about here. The second point is we need to – anybody who who is considered mentally a number two driver cannot make this list. There's no way. No Mark Webber, no Rubens Barrichello, no Valtteri Bottas. Mm. Unfortunately, we're ruling out all three of those because that is just not what a 21st best 21st century grid yeah. is. There's no way a number term. two driver
1: can make it. It does feel like Weber accepted that role eventually, controversially, no. if you listen to what oh, he no. said. I, no, I don't I, think so. 2010? He left the sport. Well, 2020 no, no, was it, very angry.
2: No, it, it, he, he in 2013, he was still going for it? a championship. Okay. And you saw that in Malaysia. And as soon as Malaysia happened, oh, he,
1: he that had was, that Porsche yeah. deal lined um, up straight away. That, yeah. what, that was the glass of water in the press conference.
0: If we're going to go there, then <laughs> Ricardo has to go off because he basically walked away from being called that at Red Bull.
2: But that's the point. He basically that's the point
0: walked right there, Trump. Was... is he? Mm-hmm. He's
2: not considered a number two driver because he walked away from it. Order,
1: order, order, order. Right, okay, okay. So look. And Ricardo didn't leave the sport. He just changed teams. <laughs> he just changed teams. So, look, look, the Australians have strong opinions on Weber and Ricardo. Who knew? Who could have predicted? <laughs> Who could possibly have predicted? Right, next up, Scott Speed. And uh, and a no. Logan Sargent. No, no, no. I'm only, joking. I'm only joking. I'll tell you what. One of the most controversial ones I think that we will have is a Felipe Massa. Does anyone make the case for Massa making this top 20? Ooh. Go on then, Matt.
0: Uh, he was a world champion for like thirty. seconds. Oh, no, seconds.
1: he wasn't. That's the dumbest and argument in the world.
0: I'm sorry. Hamilton needs later. somebody to hit. Hamilton yeah. needs somebody yeah. to hit.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. no, besides Max. Okay. you need someone to hit besides Max, okay. and I think Massa could be that driver. Okay. so to be fair, Hamilton hit Massa in like 2009 in 17 of the the 17 races. Uh but look, Massa wasn't world champion for any amount of time. He briefly was statistically like on 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 path to win, and all the Glock stuff is garbage and I can't Anyone who thinks that Glock handed Hamilton the championship, look at the onboards of both the Toyota drivers in the final laps of the Brazilian Grand Prix and it's it's clear as day. Uh so massa obviously he had that accident where he had that piece of gearing or whatever going to his helmet. Uh, but before mm. that, people were talking about him in 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 very grand terms. So even Schumacher was saying like, oh I'm, I'm gonna retire so that Massa can be champion. No. I still I still feel like when you look at the relative careers of Kimi Raikkonen and Felipe Massa compared to say Lewis Hamilton. And, and you look at how close it was in 2008, the, the conclusion from that is that that Ferrari 2008 car was the greatest F1 car of all time to bring Massa that close. It should not have been uh-huh. that close. I, that might be harsh, but I don't see Massa. Nothing at the time made me think, oh, yeah, Massa's going to be considered one of the all-time greats in F1.
3: I'd have to agree with you. I mean, uh, he, he was there forever and raced many races and has lots of stats. There was just nothing inspiring about him. There was nothing that made him stand out above the crowd as being, you know, a, a potential champion. I don't think. All right, so I-
2: I'll, I'll, I was going to say I'll add to that in the, in the sense that you, I totally agree with Spanners and 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 you as well. Steve is like he 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 had multiple chances to win a world championship, regardless of the unfortunate accident he had in 2009, and then Alonso kind of and he's he's the dark horse that ruins Felipe Massa. Alonso comes yeah. in and proves the difference between a driver who can make a bad car win a world championship, although ironically he didn't. Um but you get my point is that he can he can contend and, and Felipe Massa wasn't there. So Right. When um you... I think that that's that's a quick one. Massa out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Massa out. Okay. Let's do some let's do some quick fire ones guys. So um, I'm going to go through some and uh, and we'll see if there's any like like uh, you know uh, gnashing of teeth over any of the, these nominations, but okay. Uh, Coulthard, can anyone make the case for Coulthard? I know it's come up a lot in the live chat. For me, there's that's a that's a no for me.
2: Only mm-hmm. what we do is if if Matt and I's intangible theory comes in, we want savvy veterans and we want good <laughs> veterans and and people who uh, that, are chin. Just good just that chin. I just want that.
0: You
1: want the, the chin. chin? It's a great chin.
2: We we want the chin in. He's a maybe just for the chin.
1: Uh, Giancarlo, go gone, Sorry. And, oh, and, and he survived a plane crash, so you know that. Yeah, rock solid. Kudos. like the cheerleader out of Heroes. Okay, bit of a flashback. <laughs> but there uh, you, Giancarlo That's Fisichella. A I think it could have been, I think if Giancarlo Fisichella was a driver now, you might be saying, oh, he's nibbling around the, the edges, but I don't think anyone's going to make a strong case for that. Uh, a lot of the, we've got a lot of journeyman uh, drivers have been suggested, Perez, Hulkenberg, uh, Magnussen. Uh, uh, huh? Trulli. Huh? Yeah, Truly, Yano Trulli, no one's... <laughs> No one's no. making the case for Yano no. Trulli. No, Truly think he's is going banned up. from the sport
0: yeah. for life. Can,
2: can I just throw one thing out there, and this will be very quick, is that um, Toyota, who spent the most money for the 2010 season and never raced their car, which turned out to be Pirelli's test car and blah, blah, blah. There's a whole history to that that people can go and Google after they listen to the podcast. Basically, Yano Trulli could have been part of Toyota in 2010, which was rumored to be the quickest car that year that never raced. And he could have been a world champion, and we could have been putting him on this list. <laughs> nope. Just
1: pointing nope. that out. He, he
0: would have driven around in third with the whole field stuck behind him.
1: Yeah, there you go. The truly train. There we go. Um, I want to put in a cheeky nomination for Johnny Herbert because uh, not only did he go into F1 already with an injury that was limiting him, he was a, a multiple-race winner, and I think you know he was doing it in an era of, of of great drivers that were considered much higher than him and carved out like a really... Decent career. I just think Johnny Herbert does not get the love and respect because when you watched it at the time, his results sort of seemed to come out of nowhere as well. And and for me, it's that same kind of feeling I had with Perez, where I go, well, where's that win come from? And you know, but Johnny Herbert didn't have his time, you know, at Red Bull behind Verstappen to make him look a bit silly. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna nominate Johnny Herbert if anyone's gonna fight me on that.
0: No, he was really talented, especially. I mean, the act. you see the difference, but like, kind of like Massa, before and after the accident. And it was just, it was really a shame because he was that talented as a driver.
1: All right. Okay. Do we have any late nominations coming through? People people are really fighting for Coulthard, but Jono, what you got?
2: I, I've got, can we just knock off like the young guns that I mentioned
1: before? Yeah, so let's you're do ta- I'm yeah, talking yeah, on.
2: Charles Leclerc, Lando Norris, okay. I I, I want
1: I want Leclerc in there. Leclerc. I think that's a mm-hmm. no-brainer. Yeah i know yeah. that, that, don't you dare it's, put Leclerc it's too early
3: it's too early for the, in their career for that we maybe had, they'll make the maybe they'll make it you know
1: in five years time but they haven't proven I, themselves yet okay hang on so at the moment that okay. is a draw but you have to admit the old crusties Jono, they were more like fervent against than we were fervent for
2: yeah well look i think they've done enough i i personally think like right now i i think george russell's certainly done enough um the dude's I mean, yeah, he hasn't been statistically winning races and stuff, but he has, has he had the car to do it? He's done incredible stuff in Williams. George Russell goes in there, definitely. And I think you got to say Lando Norris is probably more of a maybe yet. I but I think I, look, Russell and-, and Really? Claire, we got to put in. Really? I, I,
0: I, I mean, I feel like if you get into Russell- Uh, Norris I think has more credibility than Russell does at this point. If you're gonna put Russell in, then why aren't we putting Auk on in who's at least won an actual race?
2: (laughs) Oh, but please. Now you know. No,
0: not but please. Okay Not but please bringing the
2: whole grid helps him win. Can I just add one thing? is that if Steve is correct on anything, it's, it's, it's if we look at this in 10 years, Norris makes the best 21st century grid. It probably will see how his career pans out. But at the moment, he's a bit nip and tuck only because he's hmm. young and fresh. That's the only reason why he might not make this
3: grid. It's the same reason that Piastri is not going to make this list, but in five <laughs> yeah. years'
1: time may well be on it. Uh, okay, oh. so, okay, right. Now then, some wild cards, guys. Let's make some serious nominations for who else should make this list. Who, who's in? Go on then, Matt. Okay.
0: Well, I mean, you know my theory of, well, you know what? I'm going to say this. Can I have a special memorial moment? There's one driver I saw race that I really would have liked to have seen how their career went. I can't really put them on this list based on their results because they only drove from Manor. But I think we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention the name Jules Bianchi because everybody who saw him race and knew him talked about him like he was much like Kubica, a future world champion. So I just want to put him out there as someone I would put on this grid just to see what happened, even though he doesn't have the results, admittedly.
1: So uh, when you look at, uh, say, Bianchi's rookie season and you look at his overtake on, I think, Kobayashi into Raskas at Monaco, that's every bit as iconic as Lewis Hamilton diving down the insiders of Alonso. In those early races, or scrapping early on with Kimi Räikkönen at Spa Francorchamps, he definitely had that potential. When you look at the point, he got a point for Manor. I think that was that was yeah, Monaco as did. well, wasn't it? And I think it he was got, their point, yeah. And I think he got a top ten uh, qualifying as well. Um, so yes, obviously, there's not going to be the time and the, uh, the the evidence to put him on this list, but I think that is an absolutely fantastic honourable honourable mention. So who else has got some some midfield wild cards? Jono, come on, hit me.
2: Uh, well, I don't know. I was going to suggest, like, can we have a, a. And Matt and I are really, like, advocating for a sort of fun, reckless driver here, <laughs> okay. Maldonado.
1: Why? Can he make No, the list? not obviously. Obviously not. Uh, co Cobo- <laughs> no. Cobo- actually, no. There,
3: there are all the Red Bull drivers that got canned before they could prove themselves. You know, Jamie Agiswari and and, you know, the the rest of his mates that all went off to formula E and some of those looked like they were going to be damn good drivers before they got bounced by Red Bull
2: and and Maldonado won a race Ocon won a race why can't Maldonado (laughs) be on the list that's you know does that he's on my he's on
0: my chaos agents list I I feel like I feel like we need some teams like we have teams that are full of serious drivers and that's great but if we want entertainment we need chaos agents. We need people who bring out the safety car at inopportune times. Maldonado is at the top of my list because he's a decent driver, but he can't pay attention for a whole race. So he crashes all the time. And, and in, um,
2: in, oh, sorry, sorry, Steve, I was going to say in, in Slack, Chris Fake has just gone, oh, how about Nick Heidfeld as a suggestion? And I'm like, you know what? It's just we're talking about entertainment here. And that's a big unwritten rule for this list is I Nick Heidfeld is just not entertaining enough to be on this list. <laughs>
1: Uh, it certainly doesn't spark, you know, passion. And you know, there's a lot of drivers like that, like Heinz-Harald Frentzen as well. At the time, was was sort of briefly fancied as a future champion, and it didn't, it didn't just quite spark. I mean, there's
3: Robert Dornboss, There's a whole bunch of them, but none of them really have really have got the, you know, the wherewithal to make make the list at all
1: in any way. So this is interesting. I actually thought we would be kind of fighting more, but the the drivers that we don't want on the list actually got dismissed fairly quickly. So here's here's our grid at the moment and we've got Hamilton, Verstappen, Vettel. Vettel's made it. Schumacher, Alonso, Hakkinen, Kubica, Rosberg, Ricardo, Button, Raikkonen, Villeneuve, Button. Montoya, Weber, Herbert. And that still leaves five places on the grid and I think we're we're struggling to put drivers in there. So I think I think Leclerc makes it in that in that zone. I think um I think Coulthard probably makes it at this rate, doesn't he? How when, about George when, Russell? When we're struggling for people, I don't think George Russell... Look, George Russell at the moment is the uh-huh. second best driver at Mercedes and he, uh-huh. he only beat, I have I have two... May I finish, sir? Where are you? Uh, may I finish, Lucas sir? Diggler. May I finish, sir? So he's the Lucas second... Diggler. May I finish, sir? I can because I've got the fader. So yeah, he's the second best driver at, at Mercedes and really he was beating who? Um, at 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 Williams. <laughs>
3: Yeah, what about Grosjean?
1: He you know, he did reasonably well. I mean, he crashed lots, but he
3: did reasonably well too. Well,
2: his best season was in the 2013 Lotus,
1: which was a Probably. great car,
2: which could have won a world championship had they had a different driver other than Grosjean in it.
1: <laughs> well, there you go. That eliminates him. Marcus Ericsson, Indy 500 winner.
0: Yes, oh, well, there. you're yeah, into my even. chaos agents again.
1: Oh, my yeah. god! Do you know what? At Should the we moment, go through
0: my chaos agents if we have the space on the grid?
1: Do you know what? At the moment, there's space on the grid for Ocon.
2: Because oh, great, I'll take that. Can I? Can we add to Chaos? I know look, it's a bit insulting putting Kobayashi as a Chaos agent. I don't think he's he's that, you know, as a Chaos agent. But everything about Kobayashi was fun. 2010 Suzuka, if anyone remembers who watched F1 12, 13 years ago. I do remember. best overtaking performances ever in, in the, in the <laughs> sports history. And the name, like the name, Kobayashi, like he's in just for the name. Okay. That is in.
1: You, like you all know, I don't know if I've mentioned it recently. Like, you know, I was a massive Kobayashi fan at the time. We both were. Yeah. He was fantastic. And and, and again, he was one of these drivers that could kind of pluck a race out of his backside, just sort of from Uh, nowhere.
0: They took him from nowhere. He'd never driven anything like a Formula One car. They threw him into it, and he immediately was making alonzo furious because he was driving like i don't know who you are i'm just going to pass you and then not let you buy me
1: wow I, it was fantastic i haven't brought this up because i thought i would just get ridiculed but I, like i was uh, like a real like low-key kobayashi no. fan and actually and when his career ended it was quite funny because uh he then wanted to raise money to basically be a, a crowd funded pay driver and that, that's a really good idea like that's the kind of thing that could have taken off but they couldn't quite raise enough but i think he raised a million dollars but that couldn't buy him an F1 seat, so he just went, "Okay, no, it's not going to work." But he kept it anyway to just fund other racing, which I'm sure wasn't like you know the intent from the people who supported him on crowdfunding. But anyway, okay, good. It looks like Kobayashi might sneak in. There's some silly suggestions here. Uh, it was Hulkenberg. Do you know what? I have a lot of respect for drivers who can carve out midfield careers and who can stay around in F1 for a long time. People aren't hiring Hulkenberg because he's rubbish. They're hiring him consistently because he can do a job. And I think there's a lot of drivers that fall into that. You know, Perez has been hired by two top teams, two front-running teams now. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Grosjean has been hired by teams, Hulkenberg, uh, all those drivers there. But none of them are going to be, you know, top top 20 drivers. Same. You with need Bottas.
0: someone who's going to win a race, yeah. be on a podium. And Hulkenberg, as good as he is, he'll take all of your points for you up until the podium. And then he'll mess it up
1: because he okay. always has so i think we're, we're we're coming to an end of this uh, this specific uh, this specific discussion if no one is going to nominate anyone else and i'm a little bit surprised at where our grid is at the moment to be honest
0: uh, i i think uh, if we're if we're down to this desperate last measures we should probably throw signs in there he's won a race he's very savvy he's smart Not and it, he's entertaining no. on the radio I mean, like, like clearly, we didn't nominate enough drivers because we don't have many yeah, people on don't. the grid yet. So I'm just throwing out names here, people.
2: Here's the game: is George Russell is our yardstick, and if anyone can prove me why George Russell uh, that a driver should be in this list, apart from George Russell, they go in. Right now, George Russell needs to make this list. We've got two spots left. We've got two. Has sp-
0: George Russell won a race?
1: No, in, in
0: yes, fact, so if we've got two spots left. <laughs> oh, right, Brazil. Yes, you're correct. Yes, <laughs> <he laughs> yeah. So
1: I'm actually putting Fisichella back in because uh, I, I'm putting Fisichella back. He's a race winner as well. He won I the Interlagos. No he won Brazil no as well. Oh, well, how is number he a number around.
2: two? Oh, come on. He, he had two World Championship cars. <laughs>
1: Please. <laughs> ah, you're a number two. Okay, you're right. Okay. So we've only got 18 out of this 18 car grid. So, right. any last, Any last. Any last pushes for, for these last two spots?
2: So, so we're, oh, okay. Steve, Steve Are you're we on all mute. Definite.
1: Steve, you're
2: on mute. Oh, Steve, go. T- yeah,
1: Takuma Sato, maybe? I,
0: I uh, You've not put Ocon down. What's wrong with you?
2: <laughs> you look, you've got, you can't have Sato or, uh, what was the other one? Or Esteban Ocon and say no to Norris and George Russell. I'm going to keep saying it. There's no <laughs> way you can. Okay. This is a tough one. No. One spot left. This is tough.
1: Do you know what they are? They are two possible future generate of the of the drivers now who we can't yet prove have potential. I think you're absolutely right, Norris and Russell. In 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 this ability level they have now, probably mix it with the top 20 drivers or the other 18 drivers who we are going to be nominating today. So put these drivers at their peak in the car that they're comfortable with on a grid. You are probably right, Jono Norris and Russell go toe to toe with them but I think we got stuck in like well whole career have they done enough to prove that they're probably already there so here's our grid here's our top 20 grid imagine seeing these 20 drivers on track together Lewis Hamilton Max Verstappen Sebastian Vettel Michael Schumacher the only Schumacher Fernando Alonso Mika Hakkinen Robert Kubica Nico Rosberg Daniel Ricciardo Jenson Button Kimi Raikkonen Jacques Villeneuve, Juan Pablo Montoya. Did Webber make it in the end? Yes or no? Uh, Mark, we're putting Mark Webber on because of the story. Oh, Mark Webber. No, 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 Webber's it, out. It, Webber's oh, out. no, Webber's out. Webber's <laughs> out. Webber's out. Johnny, Johnny Herbert. No, no. Johnny Herbert, Leclerc, Kobayashi, Norris, Russell. We've only got 19. We've got one spot left. Oh, you well, know yeah, who yeah, I'm yeah, going to say. Cool, cool Webber and Weber got out
3: 42 out podiums. How can you just take him out? Who got 42 Half podiums? Uh, <clears clears throat> Webber. Half of the people that you've put in there, Norris, Ross, or whatever, have got
1: one or two podiums. So I'm going to I'm consistent. I'm, I'm going to put Weber in because I'm scared of Uncle Steve, and that complete concludes our top twenty. <laughs> I've loved the show. I've loved the loosey-goosey nature of it. And I've loved having a scrap with my panellists here. I'm sure there's a lot of people yelling at the screen and no, Andrew. We're not desperate enough for Eddie Irvine, not at this stage. So what we'll do is we will tweet. We'll put our final order and our final grid in the show notes. Please, please do, do debate us. Uh, We can be reached at feedback at mistapex.net, spanners at mistapex.net. Matt at Apex.net. Follow us. All our social media links are in the show notes below. And we will see you for the Belgian Grand Prix race review on Sunday. Until we see you next, work hard, be kind, and have fun. This was Missed Apex Podcast. My goodness, that was the most arguing episode of Missed Apex ever. I, I'm surprised, man. I'm surprised how much we were scrambling around for people to add well, there you go I'm sure people are going to be yelling at us but even the live chat even the live chat didn't have more people to suggest no it just goes to show you though
3: that uh, those people that deserve a spot are few and far between Yeah,
1: we hear lots of names but they disappear and we never think about them again exactly and out of the 137 actually it's not surprising that when we're talking about the greats that we want in our top 20 that there was only 20 to arrive at Mm -hmm. So we'll let ourselves off. Nice one. Oh, Matt, do we do that thing with the comment of the week? Or have you been too busy gunning for Ocon to uh, whoever, bother?
2: Whoever suggested I've, I, Sebastian Borde gets comment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> I have got
0: I've got three that I could read All that right. I was able to pick up because apparently, I mean normally our chat is quite funny. <laughs> We've but he has been quite angry. They were very they were very they were very what? Argumentative. Mm. Right, today, can I, so. I'll play the bumper. Comment of the week.
1: Go for it, Mr. Trumpets. No
0: uh, we'll start with Jason G. This is like me and my friends playing Risk, where we have to clarify our house rules, and that takes longer than the actual game.
1: <laughs> yes, no, that's true. Risk and Catan, they're the two where it's like, oh, no, hang on. Oh, or, um, what, Uno? Uno, Uno is yes. surprisingly <laughs> controversial as well.
0: Uh, we have a Stuart by Collis. Leave Kimmy alone. He knows what he is <laughs> no, doing. No, no, no. Nice, nice
1: one, Stuart. Nice <laughs> that's one. It's
0: very classic. And then we'll finish up with Holler, who says, agreeing with me, Joss was on fire.
1: Literally. Oh my god. That's but he it. was literally on yeah, fire. No. Do you know what? I had that poster. I had that poster on my bedroom for the longest time, wherever Stafford had that the spray of the fuel, and then it ignited, yeah. and it was just a fireball in the Benetton. Benetton? Yeah, in the Benetton. Yeah, 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 and this yeah. is
0: actually one of the reasons why I included Joss is because one of my favorite Formula One authors is Steve Matchett, who was mm-hmm. an announcer on Formula One TV here in the United States when I was watching again. And he, he was a mechanic. He was he was one of the head mechanics at Benetton at the time. Uh, Verstappen and Schumacher were there. He's written several books about it. But anyway, that doesn't have anything to do with who won today's
1: no, comment it doesn't. The week. So and that's that...
0: going to be it's gotta be Jason G. This is like me and friends playing Risk where we have to clarify our house rules and that takes longer than the actual
1: game. Nice one, Jason.
0: Comment
1: off the week. Okay, we we are gonna get out of here. I'm just going briefly back to right, just very briefly, you're gonna let you all go to get on with your go look at Matt here, yeah, look at how the sweat on that. <laughs> I have a quick question too. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah. Um get
3: the intermediate out. When I do trims and put the ads in, do you yeah. want comment of the week left oh, this, on this or week, taken this, off?
1: This week we'll leave the comment of the week left in. It was quite good. Lef, yeah, yeah, le- yeah. Leave it in. Yeah, okay, leave sorry. it in. Yeah, leave it in. Oh my God. I, I like that. That was a very different tone to to it. And I think, like, I'm glad. I think we all did a little bit of research, but, like, not enough i think the right amount too much <laughs> research and it's too nailed on us just scrambling around to think of like argue like i was like surely i've got something for john Lacey. wait there was like one wet race but i can't remember where it was so don't go into specifics <laughs> <laughs> like, you've got to do like just enough yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
2: yeah but one bit one thing is um i i'm looking at this list and i'm
1: like oh jesus mark Weber. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised i'm surprised <laughs> I thought there'd be more drivers. You could have put Alcon on there, I'm just saying. No, you fought it well, too hard and too desperately. Just for ruining the show, content-wise, I'm like, no, it's not going.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.